Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. All right. Um, I, I'm so, 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 so very grateful for our band, aren't you guys? Uh, each week, that's right. Each week, no matter who's up here, it's always just amazing. They just do so great leading us in worship, and we're thankful for everybody that's a part of our band and the people that week in and week out do so many things like set up lights and do. And this this church doesn't exist without all of us jumping in together. And I'm just grateful uh, for everybody and the way they serve and the way they love and the way they move. It, it's just a, a blessing to be a part of. Um, can we just talk for a second about Max? How good of a job he did. That's right. Yeah. That was, um, that, was, that was really awesome. That was really awesome. Uh, well, I checked in with him uh, a week or so ago and just asked him, I was like, how you feel about everything? He said, I've got, about, got it to about 17 minutes. I was like, woo, boy. <laughs> so he pared it down, got everything said. It was a good job, man. He did an excellent job. I can't wait. Uh, we're going to have to get him to preach sometime. That's, that's coming for you, just so you know. Um, I've talked about this before, but we're in this series uh, called Unleashed. We're going through the book of Acts. And uh, I've talked about this particular thing before, but have you ever realized that two people can hear the same thing but come away with two totally different ideas? I mean, that happens all the time. It happens in disagreements. It just happens in general life. But one of the ways that I've talked about before that's just really funny to me for some reason is misheard lyrics. You know what I'm talking about? I've shared a few different ones before. I've got a few to share with you before. I'm going to like try my best to like make them sound a little bit like the song and see if you can recognize what song the person thought this was. These were not mine. These are ones I found on the internet. All right. Uh, whew. All right. This is nerve wracking now. We built this city on sausage rolls. Somebody thought Jefferson Starship, we built this city on rock and roll was sausage rolls. All right. <laughs> All right, here's one. This is for people a little bit more mature. I mean, that's an old song, but this one I think is a little bit older. I believe in, oh, excuse me. I almost did the wrong one, the right one. I remove umbilicals. Ow, you sex today. <laughs> Who would have thought, I remove umbilicals. <laughs> I believe in miracles, just so you know. Um, These ants are my friends, they're blowing in the wind. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. Somebody thought, these ants are my friends. Bob Dylan's blowing in the wind. Um, I've got two chickens to paralyze. <laughs> two tickets to paradise. Eddie Money. Um, okay, this one is, this is more my generation. This is, uh, I guess that's getting to be an old generation too, but um, kick a chicken with it. Na, 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 uh, na, 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 na. Anybody know what that's supposed to be? Getting jiggy with it, Will Smith. All right, kick a chicken with it. Um, okay, this one, I guess this is okay to say it here with the kids in here. It doesn't make a difference if we're naked or not. It does make a difference. Trust me, it does. Um, it doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Who's that? Anybody know? Bon Jovi, living on a prayer. All right, just a couple more. Um, this is my generation, too. I'm a Skittle. I'm a Beetle. Anybody know? Nirvana smells like teen spirit. The lyric, and hardly anybody knows what the real lyric is, but a mosquito, my libido. 
just throw words in there. It's okay. All right. Um, this one is funny to me. Uh, this one is funny. <laughs> Listen closely. I'll try to enunciate. Tummy, why ain't nothing but a fart? Hey, <laughs> ain't nothing but a meat steak. Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Ain't nothing but a mistake. I know I shouldn't have said that word in church, but I did. All right, so it's easy to see that, you know, we can hear the same thing and come away with totally different ideas. And, and that's no different from anything. And so today, I want us to talk about four hearers, four hearers that, that we see in life. There, there may be more, but these are the four we see in this passage of Scripture. We're going to be looking in Acts chapter 17 and part of chapter 18. The Scripture will be on your screen as we go through and we read together, but if you'd like to turn there in your Bible, feel free to do that on your Bible app. Do that, Acts chapter 17. But um, what we're doing is we're picking up where we left off last week, and if you remember, we talked about last week, Paul and Silas were in prison. Remember, we had the chain up here, and they were in prison, they were in chains, and they uh, were singing and praising God, and what did God do? Made the chains fall off, right? And they were in a jail, and does anybody remember? Philippi. They were in jail in Philippi, and they were able to go free, and it was just this really, really powerful thing of how God shows up. And so they leave Philippi, and they travel on. They, uh, they left Philippi. They get to Thessalonica. And it says in, this, in the text that Paul preached for three Sabbaths in a row in a synagogue. So he went looking where people might be spiritually hungry, and he started preaching, and, and he goes three weeks in a row. But here's where we pick up. It says he reasoned from the scriptures each time. Reasoned from the scriptures. Look at verse 3 of chapter 17 with me. It should be up here. Explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. And saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, it says. And taking some wicked men of the rabble, that's a really fancy way of saying a bunch of troublemakers, right? wicked men of the rabble. They formed a mob. They set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring out them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of his brothers before the city authority, shouting, these men who have turned this world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but the first type of here is there in that passage of Scripture. The first type of here. The first type of here, I'm calling this. There you go. Self-protectors. All right, I've got a little object to help us understand what that is to sort of get the idea. dun to dun a self-protector will come with a shield. They'll hear it. They'll hear what is being said, but just like you can hear lyrics and misunderstand completely, they don't always get the full message because they've got a shield up to protect themselves. 
And it's really easy to be a self-protector. And I believe that the people that are mentioned here, these Jewish people that got the, the rabble, the crowd together to go and try to hunt down Paul and Silas, and they dragged Jason and his brothers out with them. These people were trying to protect themselves. When the Jewish people who did not want to listen, it says some did, but when they, the ones that didn't want to listen heard it, they started fighting and complaining. And here's why I believe they were doing that. Because we can be the same way. Sometimes when we hear God's word, even, even believers, this isn't just for people who don't believe in Jesus. Because those people believed in Yahweh, they believed in God, but they didn't understand who Jesus was. And so whether they believe in Jesus or not, or maybe some of us who can sometimes get into self-protect mode and put our shield up, we can get a little carried away because we don't like what's being said because it kind of wants to pierce our heart. You know, the word of God is described as what? Sharper than any two-edged sword or double-edged sword and it pierces down into the depth of who we are and sometimes we don't like that piercing to go on because that piercing can be painful am i right and so what do we do we okay god i like this scripture i'll let that one in but oh this one i'm going to put it up because i don't feel like i can sacrifice what it is you're asking me to sacrifice god or i don't know if i can do what you're asking me to do to add into my life so i'm going to put my self-protection up and the problem is, is that when you get in self-protect mode, you'll, you'll lie sometimes. You'll lie. You'll lie about people. You'll lie about what you're feeling. And, and that will leak out sideways and you'll get angry at the drop of a hat. You'll gaslight, you know, to use a phrase that's used a lot these days. You'll try to make other people think they're wrong. And you'll try to make other people think they're crazy. Because you are in self-protect mode and you don't want to hear what God's got to say. You'll point fingers. And you'll try to say, you'll try to get the, the light off of you, the spotlight off of you, and get the danger off of you and bounce it off onto somebody else, and you'll make excuses. It's easy to get in self-protect mode, and these Jewish believers, they were doing just that. They did not believe who Jesus was. They didn't want to hear the gospel message. They were afraid of the power that they might lose. If Jesus and his people started making grounds and, and winning more and more people, which they were already doing, so they were protecting themselves. And for us, it can be power too. We can be protecting our power. You know, we might be afraid of saying, what's God going to make me do if I put this shield down and I let his word pierce me in the heart? What's he going to make me do? Where's he going to make me go? Or who's he going to make me love if I put my shield down? It can be money. We can want to hold on to our money. Will I have enough for me? It can be comfort. What scary places will God lead me, whether it be in my mind, in my heart, or maybe even in my body? Where's God going to lead me to go? Or what is he going to lead me to do? There's so many things that we can put up our shield and try to protect ourselves against the truth of God's word, just like those Jewish people did. And here's the thing. If you're too afraid of what you'll have to give up if you follow Jesus, you'll seldom surrender. You know, I believe the truth is, is that none of us will go to see Jesus face to face without surrendering how much? Everything. And it's hard to want to say that. I just want to surrender some, and so I put up my shield. So I got a few tips really quick. A few tips 
if you fall, find yourself falling into being a self-protector, the first one is this, admit. Admit it. That's probably the biggest thing is just saying, God, I admit that I'm putting myself before you. I'm putting myself before God. And that might be hard to say because not many of us, if we, especially if it's from a, a Christian standpoint, if we find ourselves being a self-protector, putting our shield up as a Christian, we would say, there's no way, God, I'm putting you, me before you. But the truth is, unless God or Jesus is Lord of all, he's Lord of nothing. He's Lord of nothing, so he's got to be Lord of all. And the next thing is this, ask. Ask for clarity from God on what you're protecting. Because the truth is, you might not know. I might know, know what I'm protecting and what I'm holding back. You might know the symptoms of it, but you, don't, might, you might not know the heart of it. And so ask God, reveal to me. And honestly, this is the only one that really Christians can do. I guess a non-Christian can, but a Christian who has the Holy Spirit is going to have a lot more success in asking God to help them see. But ask God, help me see what it is I'm protecting, trying to keep for myself and protecting myself. And then the last one is this. The last tip is this. Act. Act. And that's very clear, but it's simply make a decision right now. When you realize and admit that you are self-protecting, make a decision right now to surrender something to God that you've been holding back. And it can be small, but the reason I say right now is because right now, maybe in this very moment, the Holy Spirit's working on you and you're like, yeah, I've been self-protecting. I've been putting up my shield. And you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this when I get home. You know what's going to happen when you get home? Nothing. You're going to maybe forget, or you're going to have your conscience get a little bit hardened again in between now and then, and you'll justify, and you'll point fingers, and you'll blame, and you'll do all those things again. So right now, if there's something, or when you come to this moment of realization that, yes, I'm being a self-protector, what is it I can do? One small thing, one small thing that I can do to say, God, I'm giving this to you. You don't have to build Rome in a day. I'm not saying that, but one small thing that you can act on. The next here is here in Acts chapter 17, verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. The next one we see is this. Searchers. Searchers. This one's kind of easy to see, you know, as you're reading. But the Bereans, it says, were searchers. They were searching in the Word. They were diligently looking in the Word every single day. And I've got a little uh, symbol for this one, too. Y'all don't go anywhere, okay? Uh, I lost it. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. I don't know if y'all can see this. Do I have a really big eye or a little eye? Forgot how that works. I'm not much of a scientist. But they're searchers. It's a magnifying glass. They were diligently looking every day into the Word of God to find and see if things were true that were being said. They didn't just take it at face value, but they wanted to know what was in God's Word. They were searching. They were seeking and searching, and it's important. It says they were searching how often? Daily. That's what you and I need to do. We need to be in God's Word daily. Why? Because it's too important not to. You know, we've talked a lot lately about fasting. 
You know, we all usually make the, you know, little jokes about it just to lighten the mood a little bit, you know, about the only thing you like to do is eat fast, right? Fasting is uncomfortable, isn't it? And a lot of us, we struggle with fasting from food or that idea because we're like, I just don't know if I can go without a meal or a whole day without eating. But how many times have we fasted from God's word? Where we just don't read it and we're starving ourselves. And we're not fasting in a good way spiritually, but we're starving ourselves from God's word. These people, the Bereans, were, it says, of more noble character. They were nicer, better, stronger willed of the heart people than the Thessalonians, and they study the word every day. And the important thing I think you need to hear is this, is seek truth. Seek truth, not confirmation. You hear what I said there? That's important. A lot of people go into God's word to seek confirmation of what they already believe or they've already been told. And you know what you'll do? You'll find it. But you, if you go to seek the truth of God's word, you will absolutely find it. And it may contradict what you've always believed or you've always thought or you've always been taught or you've always felt. But we need to seek daily into God's word to find truth, not confirmation. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming, listen to this, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Too often, people want to simply find enough to make them comfortable in what they believe. I love technology and I love YouTube and social media can be a good thing, but you will find no shortage of false teachers on YouTube and on social media. And if you have a preconceived idea about a scriptural idea or a choice that you're thinking about in life or a choice you've made in life, you will absolutely find somebody on social media or in this world who will tell you, oh yeah, that's exactly what God wants. So that's exactly what God teaches. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. And that may be true or it might not. So you have to study and search diligently in God's word. So here's a couple of tips to be a searcher if you are not yet or to help you farther in your journey as a searcher. First is this, study the Bible, not only devotionals. Oh, I heard a lot of mmm, mmm, on that. Now, I'm going to make something clear here. We share a devotional um, every so often. I mean, we're doing one every day through the YouVersion Bible app. And I have to clarify this. Devotionals are not necessarily bad, we ask people to join us in that because we want everybody to have a habit of being in God's Word every single day. But as you grow and as you mature, that cannot be your only spiritual food. You have to dig into the Scripture itself and make sure you read and study Scripture, not just what people say, not what just other men or women say. And so that's what we say. The Bible has to be studied, not only devotionals. And then we've already said it, but study every day. That's the next thing. And then I'll throw this one in. Study in community. Study in community. How many cults have been started in our world because someone went and studied the Bible and taught it and never had anybody give them any feedback? A lot of them. That's how they all get started. 
And so we've got to make sure that we study with brothers and sisters so that they can sharpen one another and correct one another and reprove and rebuke like it said to Timothy. We've got to put each other back on the right track. You can help me and I can help you, but if we don't do the study of God's word together, some will never do that. Well, here's the next here. Look, uh, we're going to continue in chapter 17. Uh, This isn't going to be on the screen, this little part, but we're going to show you some here in just a second. But it says in verse 16, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, they had moved on to Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw, excuse me, as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. And look at verse 18 with me. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him and some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and his resurrection, it says, is why they thought that. You see, they wanted to know more. They wanted to know a little bit about what Paul was saying. So they took him to the place where they constantly just shared ideas all day long. That's what they like to do in Athens, just talk and talk and talk. And they go to this place called the Areopagus. And it says that Paul goes on to tell them about the altar that he had seen that was entitled to the unknown God. Because they were so interested in not missing any gods. They believed in many, 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 many gods. They did not want to miss one. So they said, in case we miss one, here's an altar to the unknown one. They were so open-minded, their brains fell out. This is a good way to describe it. He tells them that God created them and he put them where they are for a purpose. And that he also, God is not far from anyone. And picking up in verse 29, here's what he goes on to say. Being then God's offspring, we are all created by God. We ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. He's an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. He says, this unknown God who you don't know is Jesus. And he will judge us all based on what we have done with him or not. Look at verse 32. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So the, la- or the third here there is skeptics. <laughs> Got my tinfoil hat. Now I know in our culture, in our world, a lot of times we think tinfoil hat, we think of somebody who is a conspiracy theorist, but that's sort of, to my mind, what a skeptic really is, although many skeptics would never say, oh, I'm a conspiracy theorist. They might, who knows, it's become a very common thing. The sad thing is a lot of conspiracies actually come true these days, it seems like. Woo! All right. (laughs) It's a crazy world. But here's a symbol for the skeptic, like you see in this crowd in Athens, And they have this truth that they live by. I'd rather lose everything than follow Jesus. I'd rather lose everything. I'd rather believe in everything else than follow Jesus. Because Jesus is one of the few people or truth tellers that really demands something from you. He demands your life. And so we can believe everything but Jesus 
because we just don't want to sacrifice our life to him. And the problem with skeptics oftentimes is that they often think they believe in nothing. The, the truest form of a skeptic is say, I don't believe in anything. I just rely on facts. But here's what the, we need to understand. They can tend to believe in anything but the truth. None of us go through life without believing in something. And they're often so interested in the belief that Jesus can't be true. And they're so invested in the belief that Jesus cannot be true, they deny him out of hand without looking at any of the evidence. So even science takes faith, doesn't it? Because even though science is observable, there are things like the creation of the earth, the creation of the world that no one was there to witness. And so it takes a measure of faith to come to some conclusions about things like the beginning of the world. So here's a few tips for skeptics. You can be a believer even who's a skeptic at times. I mean, let me just give you these three quick things. Do more talking or listening than talking. <laughs> I said it the way it normally happens, right? Especially when we're skeptical, we can really try to overload the conversation and just talk, 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 and never, ever what? Listen. And here's why it's important. Consider that you may be wrong. <gasps> we might be wrong. Every single one of us has been wrong at some point in our life. Amen? Consider that you may be wrong. And then the third thing is this. Consider what it means if you are wrong. Consider what it means if you are wrong. Jesus has set some high standards, and he has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and you can only come to the Father through me. Consider what it means, and start to listen as much as you talk, at least, if not more than you talk. And here's the last here. Look at chapter 18. We're going to be reading there in just a second. But here's what we see, a little background. In Corinth, he moves on from Athens to Corinth. He meets a husband and wife named Aquila and Priscilla. He stays with them for a while because they have a trade that he has their tent makers on the side, and so is he. And so he goes, and most likely they sit in on his teaching, and they may have even become Christians from listening to his teaching. And then he goes along and moves to Ephesus and then leaves them at Ephesus. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 18, verse 24. It says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. This is a small little brief passage of scripture, but it is powerful. And so this last version of a hearer is this, a sharer. A sharer. Now, a hearer or a searcher is a very good thing, but a sharer, I believe, is where we all need to get to. A sharer is somebody who hears the word, but then does what? Shares it. And so the, the, the truth or the defining principle of a share is that there, there are too many people to lose if I don't follow Jesus. You know, the first one, the self-protector, their, their theory or their idea is I've got too much to lose if I follow Jesus. 
a searcher. I've got too much to lose if I don't follow Jesus. And then a skeptic, I'd rather lose everything than follow Jesus. And then the share is there are too many people to lose if I don't follow Jesus. So here's how you describe somebody who's a sharer like Apollos, I mean, Priscilla and Aquila. They go and they find someone who's got the living water. This was Paul with Aquila and Priscilla. And Paul begins to pour into them and their broken life, their heartache and their pain and their sorrow as they're filled up with the goodness of God. They begin to leak out all the good things that's been shared with them. And they're able to share the truth with what God has done for them and through them and in them. And so when they keep getting filled up, they might leak out and they might share more Jesus, but then they go back to the source and they keep getting filled up and filled up. But all the while they leak out and they leak out, they share because there are too many people who are at stake because there is truth that needs to be shared. These people who are shares, they love biblically. That means that they obey God and do what he calls them to do. They truly love. They obey what he has to say. They aren't controlled by fear. Isn't that what keeps most of us from being poured out? Because we're afraid. We're afraid of who we might have to love, where we might have to go, what we might have to give up, what we might have to do. But they're not ruled by fear. You see, in the case of Priscilla and Aquila... Apollos was a very educated, learned man. They could have easily said, we're just tent makers. He's got, we can't go approach him. This guy went to an Ivy League school, basically, you know. What would we be able to tell him? But they knew some truth that he did not. And so they did not allow themselves to be ruled by fear. And they went and told him, it says, explain the way of God more accurately. He only knew about the baptism of John. They did not, he did not know about baptism into Christ yet for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he was just uninformed is all it was. And I believe it's because they understood that it wasn't just about them. It's not just about them and their comfort. They knew Apollos needed to know more because he was valuable. And so here's some tips to be a share. Find your identity and worth in Christ. When you find your identity and worth in Christ, you will have no fear of going talking to anybody about anything if you know the truth of God's word and you know they need to hear it. It doesn't matter how many letters they've got after their name. Uh, you know, if they have a, some post hole diggers, that's what PhD stands for, just in case you don't know. Some of y'all thought that's funny. Okay. But they, you know, they have, doesn't matter what letters they have in their name, it doesn't matter how much they seem to know, people can just not be aware of what they don't know. They can just be, we hate to say the word ignorant because that's such a negative connotation, but ignorance is just simply not knowing what you don't know. They don't know. And so go and tell them, find your identity in Christ. Fight fear by sharing your story now. Y'all stick with me. I know it's getting, we're almost here. We're almost at the end. Start sharing your story now. Because a lot of us have never told our story about Jesus and what he's done for us. So start telling it to believers, somebody that's safe. You can start telling, okay, you tell me your story and I'll tell you mine. And and you start telling it. So then you can tell people who don't know Jesus. You learn a a 30-second version, learn a 60-second version. And then for those times when you really got time with somebody, you can tell however long you want to tell. But learn a quick version of your story and start telling it now. And then the third idea is this. Trust that God can use anyone and anything. Did you hear me? 
God can use anyone and anything. It's progress, not perfection. You don't have to reach and know it all. Just be on the road and on the way, and God can use you. He used a donkey, man, and he could use me. Pretty similar, right? Y'all didn't say amen. Well, y'all are, y'all are maturing. So here's how we're wrapping up. Here's the question. Where do you fit in? Do you fit in as a self-protector? Got our shield? Do you fit in as a searcher with your magnifying glass? That's a good thing. Do you fit in as a skeptic? You got your tinfoil hat on and you're bouncing those ideas off to protect yourself so you don't have to surrender? Or are you a share? Are you one who's continually pouring out into other people so that you can help other people know the goodness of God? I want to tell you about a share as we close this morning. A lady by the name of Dot Bennett. She was a share in more ways than one. She was a lady I got to know in my first youth ministry while I was in Bible college. They had so much pity that they allowed me to be their youth minister, and I knew very little. (laughs) I just tried to love people. And Miss Dot was one of the most amazing people. She had physical ailments. She had all kinds of issues. At one point in her life, she ended up having both of her knees not just replaced, but then had to be removed. So she was wheelchair-bound. But it never dimmed her spirit When she could not run her business anymore, when she could not get up and get out and do all the things, she began a a letter and a card writing ministry. And she would find out people who were in prison that other people knew, and she would start writing them notes and letters and cards. She would send a card to anybody and everybody that needed a little bit of encouragement. And she took somebody like me under her wing and started giving from her meager means so I could go to Bible college and not be in debt past my eyeballs. (laughs) And she did that with so many other people. But she shared of her time, her talents, her money, her love, her encouragement. She shared of so many things. She spent hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, on stamps and envelopes and cards. And there are people who are going to heaven today because they received a letter from her and she shared the gospel with them. And they became baptized into Christ in prison and now they're going to heaven. There are so many people who know Jesus because she was a sharer who allowed Jesus to pour into her and then she poured out into other people. So here's what I want you to do as we wrap up. I want you to ask God to help you recognize where you are in that list. And then do something today. Do something today to help you move to being a sharer. Because the truth is, There are too many lives at stake for us to not share. Make a decision today. Let's stand, let's sing, let's worship. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.